We are on Yevamos Tzadi Gimel Amabez 93b. And the Gemara comes back to the question that we've been, the topic that we've been discussing since the beginning of this uh, parak, the beginning of this chapter. The fact that in general, we require two witnesses uh, in, the, in court in order to uh, establish the, what we view, what we think is the reality. Um, but in this case of testifying that a husband passed away, we rely on one witness. So we had in the first Mishnah uh, just uh, one witness testifying that the husband died so that she could then go ahead and marry somebody else. Uh, in addition to that, we had in our Mishnah various cases of um, witnesses uh, saying that um, either, different, different scenarios. It could be that uh, everybody agrees that the husband died. It's just a question of who died first, the children or the husband, and that would have an impact whether or not there's an obligation to do Yibam or Chalitza. If the, ch- if the child dies first and then the husband, so then at the time of the death of the husband, they had no children, so therefore she would be, and there's a, there's a brother-in-law, so then she would have to do Yibam or Chalitza. So that, that's a different scenario. So the Gemara now is going to ask, well, what about a, a, a third option? And the Gemara says, they ask What's the law with regards to the following situation where uh, it's not a question about children or no children who died first. They don't have children. Everybody knows that they don't have children. And therefore this one witness is going to testify that the husband passed away. But by testifying that the husband passed away, this is different than the first Mishnah because the first Mishnah then allows her to just marry anybody because they had kids. And there's no mitzvah of Yibam. In this case, they don't have kids, and so the, the, the one witness is not just testifying that she can marry anybody, but it's specifically that she could go ahead and do Yibam with her brother-in-law, which in general is a severe prohibition. Because of Yibam, it's permissible, as we've discussed uh, since the very beginning of this tractate. Uh, but do we believe this one witness to say that she could then go ahead and marry her brother-in-law? So the Gemara is going to try to figure out why would this case be different, why would this uh, case uh, be similar um, and there's really two different versions of this back and forth, of this answer to this question. We will only present the first version, and then in next week, the beginning of Tzadi Dalad Amanalif with 94a, we will discuss uh, the second version. But just a little bit of background, uh, it's interesting to note that later on in the tractate, we're going to see that she herself is actually uh, believed to testify that her husband passed away. We believe her completely, if she is the witness herself even. Um, and this applies both in a case where she testifies that her husband passed away um, and she can marry somebody else, or if it's, she testifies that her husband passed away and she could marry her brother-in-law. She could do Yibam with her brother-in-law. Now, the logic behind that is that, A, we have, a, we have this leniency uh, to rely on one witness, but also... Nobody thinks that uh, the, the, the chances of the husband coming back, people finding out about the husband, are so great if he's actually alive that she cannot make such, such a thing up. She wouldn't be able to make something like this up, and she wouldn't do this. She wouldn't make it up, so we, she, must be, she must be telling the truth, which might be the reason why we, we believe one witness in general. This is going to be part of the discussion um, in, in this Gemara, which really gets to the root of why we believe one witness in this case, if in general... We need to rely on two witnesses. Sigmar says as follows. Mahu, what's the law? 
time of day Racha Mishim de Melsa David Lelu, yea, Lomishaker, Vahachanami, Lomishaker, Odoma, time of day Racha Mishim de E, Daika Mitzbah, Vahacha cave in the Zimnum, de Rachma Lelu, Daiko Mitzbah. Sigmar says as follows It says that while, well, why is one witness believed in general? Why do we believe one witness to say that the husband passed away so, and she can then marry anybody? Not in, the, not in a case of Yiba. Uh, Sigmar says, well, there's two options. One option is because, as we mentioned before, if the husband's alive, there's a good chance he's coming back. Nobody would lie about that. It'll be it'll be uh, it'll be so easy to disprove this uh, testimony. So nobody's actually going to lie about that. Now the commentators point out that it's even according to this approach, there's it's in combination with the fact that she herself will also look into the matter to make sure that it's really true uh, that it's really true that the husband passed away. Um, that's all one option. And if that's the case, so then that should also apply here. In the case of Yibam as well, it's no different. Uh, the witness says that the husband passed away, she could go ahead and go do Yibam. Alternatively, it's no. Alternatively, no. The The primary reason, it could be also based on this other idea that uh, he's not going to lie, but the, because it would be so obvious, uh, so easily refutable. Uh, but the, the real primary driving force behind it is the fact that she is going to look into it. She will not get married to somebody else. Because, as we pointed out earlier, the rabbis instituted all these penalties and put it into place in case, in a situation where the husband does return and that she has to get divorced from her second husband and she doesn't get any benefits and it becomes a terrible situation. So she's really going to make sure that this witness is telling the truth. Well, if that's the case, that she'll really look into it it could be that in certain circumstances where there's bias involved, that she, she's she's going to not look into it as carefully as she really should. And so the Gemara is suggesting now that when it comes to the brother-in-law, well, she already has somewhat of a relationship with her brother-in-law. She has a relationship already with her brother-in-law because it's her husband's brother. So maybe because she has this relationship and they get along, so maybe she won't look into it as seriously. And so therefore, maybe we can't rely on the one witness because we, we're not confident that she'll look into it as seriously as she would if it was just to get married to somebody that she doesn't even have a relationship with prior to the husband's death. And so maybe we don't believe this one witness when it comes specifically when it comes to Yibum because it's about getting married to the brother-in-law. She already has a relationship with the brother-in-law. Maybe she won't look into it. If you take this second approach as to why we believe one witness in general... So it's because she's going to look into the matter. Maybe she won't look into it as much. Now the commentators point out, <laughs> we just said a minute ago that uh, she's she's believed to say entirely on her own as the one witness that her husband passed away in order for her to do Yibam, to marry the brother-in-law. So why would we believe her in that case if we question her belief? Uh, we question her, her, her testimony and, and, and question whether or not she's actually uh, taking it seriously. So the answer to that, and it's an important question, but the answer to that is that when it's based on her testimony alone, nobody thinks she's outright lying. She's not going to outright lie about this. It's just too much is at stake. Um, it's, uh, it's easy for the husband to come back if he's really alive. He, she's not going to lie outright about this. So if she testifies alone and it's purely based on her testimony, we trust her. But if it's based on a different witness, if it's based on one witness alone, and it's a combination of the fact that you have this one witness plus the fact that she's going to look into it, well, if there's already one witness saying that her husband passed away, then she'll be, she won't be as diligent and won't look into the matter as carefully because, um, because she, she likes her brother-in-law. She has a relationship with her brother-in-law. She likes her brother-in-law. And so therefore, maybe she'll go ahead and do Yibam. That's the question of the Gemara. Okay. 
So the Gemara answers, I don't understand. He says, Amr Luhu Rav Rav responds back. They ask this to Rav and Rav responds back. I don't understand. Tinisua, this is our Mishnah. How is this case any different than our Mishnah? They said that the children, the child died first, then the husband died, meaning the witness said that this is a situation of Yibam, that uh, the husband died without any children, the children died first, and she should go ahead and she has the option of doing Yibam. And we would trust the witness, except the mission is discussing a case where then you have others um, afterwards, other witnesses come and they, they switch the order and they say it's not really true what the first witness said. So then, because it's not really true and really they should not have done Yibam, we say that they have to get divorced. Um, and also the children are Mamzerim because she's marrying her brother-in-law. That's a severe prohibition outside the context of Yibam. And so therefore the children are Mamzerim, they're Mamzer. So this seems to be the case of our Mishnah. Why? In our Mishnah, the Mishnah does not say clearly whether we're dealing with one witness or two witnesses. That's not clear in our Mishnah. So the Gemara now analyzes our Mishnah. Are we dealing with one witness or two witnesses? So hey, what's the case? If it's two witnesses and two witnesses. Two witnesses come along and say that the child died first and then the husband. So she should go ahead and do Yibam. Then, let's say she gets married and she does Yibam. And then two witnesses come and say that, you know what? It was really the opposite order. The husband died first and then the children. She's not allowed to have, be married to her brother-in-law. She was not supposed to do Yibam. Well, that is what we refer to in Jewish law as trey utre. It's a clash between two witnesses. In Jewish law, two witnesses is the greatest proof. Um, and we have two witnesses against two witnesses. And there's nothing that we can do about it. It's a clash. We cannot say one is lying, is, 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 is truthful and the other one's lying. It's impossible for us to know. And so therefore, we, we, we leave it as the status quo. And she's, she should be allowed to stay married uh, to, the, to the brother-in-law. Not only that, but also the fact that the child is a mom's there. Why, why should the child be a mom's there? He says, I don't understand. Uh, says the Gemara. The Ode, mom's there, something mom's there. He says, why is the child a mom's there? The mom's there is only uh, a mom's there if it's the child of a very severe uh, relationship with, with a severe prohibition. With a severe punishment, sorry. In this case, we don't even know. It could be that it was totally permissible and allowed. Yibum means uh, that if they don't have children, the sister-in-law could marry the brother-in-law. Um, and uh, it's a mitzvah to marry the brother-in-law. And there's no severe prohibition whatsoever. Uh, so why is it that it's a questionably that... Why is it that the child is a mamzer? It should be questionably. We just don't know if the child is a mamzer. So if it's two versus two, that doesn't really fit with our Mishnah. And if you're going to tell me, you know what, maybe the Mishnah was not clear with regards to Mamzer, and they really may it meant that it's questionable whether the child's a Mamzer might be a Mamzer, that doesn't work either. The fact that in the end of the Mishnah that we discussed, it uh, discussed a different case in the end where it was clear that they were very specific. The first child is, is a Mamzer. The second one's after... The testimony is, or after the death of the husband, is not a mamzer. So they're, they're very specific in that case. So they're specific in our case. So the point of the Gemara is that we cannot have a case of two versus two. Two witnesses versus two witnesses having a clash against each other. Because then uh, she should be able to stay married to her brother-in-law if she already did Yibam. And also the child is not really a mamzer. It, it might be a mamzer, it might not be a mamzer. So El Elah Must be that the case of our Mishnah is where we have one witness coming along and saying, 
the child died first and then the husband died, she has an obligation to do Yibam or Chalitza. She should marry her brother-in-law. And the Gemara says, there's one witness, And what's the case of the Mishnah? So then one witness says that the child died first and then the husband. Two witnesses now come along and say, that no, we're talking about it's the opposite order. So then we believe those two witnesses over the one witness. Two witnesses come along and say that the child died after the after the husband. Well, in that case, we certainly will believe those two witnesses uh, and, and reject that one witness. And that's why she then has to get divorced and the children will be mamzerim um, because really she should not have done yibam. Uh, but the point of the Mishnah, we see from the Mishnah that if we did not have those two witnesses, we would rely on one witness. So that answers our question. We, the Mishnah says that when, when we have one witness who says that the husband died and it'll create a situation of Yibam, we trust that one witness, which means that this proves, at least according to this version, this proves to us that, uh, you know what, what's the basis for one witness's uh, testimony? We trust one witness in this case. It's because it's not because of uh, her looking into the matter, because then if it's about her looking into the matter, we're concerned that maybe she'll be a little lazy about it or... Not as diligent because she wants to marry her brother-in-law. She has a relationship already with her with her brother-in-law. Rather, the reason seems to be that the reason why we trust one witness, primarily, it could be also the second part that she's going to look into it, but primarily the driving force is that a witness will not lie about this. Because it's so obvious, uh, if the husband's really alive, for him to come back and uh, to disprove the witness, so therefore it's because it's so obvious, so therefore we will trust uh, that... Uh, that one witness. Uh, even though in general we require two witnesses, in this case we will rely on one witness, uh, even in a case of Yibam, even if it's a case where she could then marry her brother-in-law. Okay? This is the entire first version of the Gemara. The Gemara will then have a, a second version, a different version of how to understand this back and forth, but we'll save that second version for the next recording, beginning on Sadi Dalit on 94 in Yavamus.